You're listening to the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall, where we talk with successful business owners to hear the stories of their journeys in building their successful businesses. And more importantly, we recognize the folks who help them excel because we know that achieving business success is not something we can do on our own. Hello, this is Coach Tim Campsell, and I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest is a basketball mom. In her downtime, she enjoys playing Scrabble, and she's most proud of taking, wow, check this out, 39 people on a cruise to the Bahamas for her 50th birthday. We're going to want to learn a little bit more about that. That sounds fun. It's my pleasure to welcome Leah to the show today. Hello, Leah. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. Well, hey, let's jump in and have you start by introducing yourself and tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born and live and about your family and your hobbies. Good. Thank you. I uh, I live in Indiana and I have been living here for the last, I'll say, 19 years. So it's been pretty fun since I've been here. Uh, I still feel like I'm not native so I'm like, I get lost if I go downtown. People are like, can you tell me where? I'm like, no, I'm I'm just a visitor like you, right? So um, I'm originally from uh, the Philadelphia area. I grew up in New Jersey. So um, I grew up in South Jersey, which is different. So if you grew up in North Jersey, you're considered a New Yorker. South Jersey, you're considered a Philadelphian, okay? So um, technically, I'm from the East Coast, still go back there quite a bit. Uh, to take my kids and family um, back there every couple of uh, weeks or so, or a couple of months, just so that they can get used to being back there. Uh, my family loves Wawa and all sorts of Dunkin' Donuts, all the East Coast stuff. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so um, right now we have been, uh, I have a husband, we've been married for 19 years. We yeah, met in college. Cool. Oh, wow. So, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. We met in college, uh, I'll say probably now, let me see. So in 1991 is when we met. So it must be um, a long, 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 long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about that, that cruise. Well, um, so my husband doesn't like when I bring it up because he's like, we spent so much money. <laughs> But certainly, yeah, we, um, I wanted to do something special for my 50th birthday. So I was like, you know, I want to do a cruise. And um, we wound up doing a cruise for all, for our friends. Um, our, I won't say all of our friends. I'll say our married friends, because it's, it was just easy to do it that way. So our married friends and their children, uh, our parents, um, and my siblings. So it was pretty cool oh, wow. just to be able to go away for a week and um, really, and my daughter, oh yeah, my 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 youngest daughter brought five of her friends from her basketball team yeah. because uh, they, she, she was celebrating her sweet 16 birthday. Uh, so <laughs> we did awesome. have some kids. <laughs> it was like the rainbow nation, you know, it was like black, white, Asian, all different races. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so, Leah, I'm, I'm sure there is a funny story that your family likes to tell about you, but are you willing to share it with us today? Uh, 
let me see. I don't really have funny stories. I mean, I well, you know what? I do have one. So um, sure, I would love to. You know, I my my uh, when I started working, um, and I worked from home a lot. Um, before I moved out and got an office, uh, my husband would watch the kids when they were young, right? So like my son was one year one year old, and my daughter at the time was three, and they were really really bad. Right. So, I mean, they were like awful bad. <laughs> so I'm in the back and I'm like, I, I told my husband before, I'm like, you got to watch the kids. OK, so I can work because if you don't watch the kids, I can't work. So he's like, sure, sure. I got this. So I'm like, OK, so, you know, I'm back there working in the room. And next thing I know, I hear something heavy moving across the floor. And I'm like, what is going on? And I hear my my three-year-old saying, push, push, push. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what, what's going on? So I call out <laughs> to my husband. I'm like, babe. And uh, I'm like, are you watching those kids? And he's <laughs> like, and, and I didn't hear anything in reply. I heard my daughter say, babe, asleep. Push. push. <laughs> what was it? They were they were pushing this little um I'll say chest that yeah. I had in the hallway. So yeah. they were moving it from the front door <laughs> all the way across in the living room. <laughs> now, do they take after their mom or their dad with that naughtiness? Uh, I don't know who they take after. My <laughs> husband said <laughs> he says they take after my side, but yeah, they they don't like when people fall asleep when they're supposed to be watching them. I don't know what it is. Just... <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Hey, tell us about how the business come about, and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? So I've always been confident that I could run my own business. Um, my dad, he owned a gas station in New Jersey, in Camden, New Jersey. Um, and our first jobs were uh, with my dad. So pumping gas. So in New Jersey, you have to have somebody pump your gas. You can't pump gas yourself. And, um, you know, if I could pump gas in Camden, New Jersey, within a cash business, right? I could work anywhere, okay? <laughs> and my dad used to always tell us like, hey, you better not mess up that money. So it's no coincidence that, you know, all of my siblings are really, really good in math and money, right? So <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit more about the company. What's the name? What do you guys do? How do you help people? So the Society for Diversity is an education technology company that specializes in diversity, equity, and inclusion certification and next generation management practices. We have been around since 2009, and this is my third business. So um, the first two didn't work out. This one seemed to do a little bit better. Um, and certainly uh, we have worked with all different types of organizations. Uh, corporations, educational, educational institutions, nonprofits, government agencies in all 50 U.S. states, as well as in 30 other countries. Um, our specialty is really helping organizations to rethink diversity, equity, and inclusion so that they're not doing black and white, male and female, um, political correctness, 
but they're thinking about how this generation is changing and how expectations for management have shifted and require organizations to go away from outdated management practices and ineffective um, business growth strategies. Fantastic. And I know we we talked out offline and you just mentioned it. It's not the it's not all the political stuff in terms of what you know what people refer to as diversity when they're right. wanting to get votes, but you actually care about helping the company become better and, and diversity of thought as well and things like that, right? Right, right. So ultimately that's going to be your goal to have diversity of thought to change your organizational culture, to make it so that you can live up to the actual objectives that your organization sets. And that requires sometimes diversifying your products and services. For example, thinking about how, if you have a product, thinking about how to make that product Product more accessible for different groups. And accessibility isn't something that benefits people who have disabilities. It benefits people from different generations. It benefits um, people who perhaps may be caregivers. It benefits a lot of different individuals depending on their needs. And when you kind of think about it like that, you're not limiting your conversations about diversity to race or to gender or to sexual orientation. That's awesome. For everyone listening, make sure to check out Leah's company in the link in the description and uh, visit her LinkedIn and uh, give her a message. Tell her that you watched her video. So, hey, Leah, share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, maybe even when you didn't think that you could and the impact that that person had on you. So I think my husband has been um, really instrumental in, in helping me to um, you know, go to the next level. So, um, you know, when, when I started in 2009, my son was just an infant. So, um, you know, my husband had to, you know, I was traveling all over the, the only way that I could get to all 50 States, right. Is that I had to spend a lot of time traveling. I spent the first 10 years of the business, um, traveling a lot, so what that meant is like every other week um, or sometimes two or four, three or four times a month, I was traveling sometimes a week at a time. For instance, we did the certification program at the Pentagon and um, I was gone for a week and a half. Wow. So, you know, with my husband watching the young kids, we have five kids in a blended family, right? So um, at first I used to call because the first business trip I went on, um, my, my son was just an infant. He was just two months old. Right. So, um, at first I used to call my mother-in-laws to come watch the kids and help my <laughs> husband out. But then eventually he got to the point where he was like, I don't need a mom to come help me. You know, I'm, I'm a big guy, you know, I can handle this on my own. <laughs> awesome, <yeah. laughs> Leo, what's been the biggest learning that you've had as a business owner? Um, planning is important, uh, but then also reading. So if you listen to Warren Buffett and to Bill Gates, sometimes we'll talk about how many books they read on an, on an annual basis. That is so important um, because I found that when I read books, I'm able to grow the business in a, another to another level compared to if I'm not learning. Um, but then that planning piece is so important. Like 
um, you and I were just talking about how um, I have my team develop uh, plans for the line of business for each line of business. But um, they do plans, they do reports, all those different things, just so that we can make sure that we're being intentional about how we grow and not just kind of randomly doing things. So it's very, um, I like to say that we run like a Fortune 500 company. Um, and a lot of people, when they work with us, they're they're kind of shocked because they're thinking, okay, this is going to be like a small business because we technically are a small business. Yeah. Um, but I, I like to run it like we are a big company. That's fantastic. The the learning is is so key. Our founder, um, the Action Coach franchise founder, Brad Sugars, he's he has a saying: you must learn to earn. And the principle there is if we're not learning, then our competition is out, is out learning us and outgrowing right. us. And so to be able to keep up, you got it. So that's great. Fantastic advice for everyone listening is what's the current book you're reading or what's the podcast that you're listening to so that you can grow and develop your own knowledge base. Yeah. Right. You, that's ultimately one of the most important things that, um, that I have learned throughout the course of the business uh, that you have to read and learn and grow because if you can do that, you have a better chance of surviving and thriving. Indeed. Hey, another question here is we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about one of the biggest challenges that you faced during the years and maybe a fellow business owner who you know helped you to get through that. So, of course, for all small businesses, the challenge is always money. <laughs> uh -huh. So, you know, you you don't have the luxury of um, most businesses don't have the luxury of getting a loan uh, to get to get started or even to continue operations. Because when you don't need the money, um, people are like, oh, yeah, we want to give you a loan. But when you need the money, you can't get a loan at all. Right. <laughs> So yeah. yep. that's one of the things. Well, we had a conference one year and um, I, for some, we, we just didn't have the, the money to pay for the conference at the hotel it was in Chicago. And um, we get to Chicago, of course, who, you know, who would go to a conference that they were organizing and not have the money to pay for it and then just go anyway. So I'm like, God is going to provide a way, you know, God is going to help us. But anyway, my brother-in-law, he was a keynote speaker. Um, my brother-in-law is Tavis Smiley. So um, we invite, he gets there and we're like, okay, so I know this is un an unusual request, um, but we need like $60,000 <laughs> to host this event or they're going <laughs> to cancel it and throw us out and all sorts of stuff. So after he got finished cussing us out, um, <laughs> Yeah, he, he winds up giving us some money. We had the event successful and everything was good. Yeah, it's but, um... <laughs> yes. yeah. For for everyone listening, the 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 one of the points here is make sure that you ask for the money before you In need advance. it. Right? Get a line of credit or get a business loan so that you have it for when you need to draw on it. Or have a, a really nice uh, relative who's going <laughs> to give it to you, right? <laughs> That's right. He he didn't talk to us for a while after that, but we did pay him back all of his money. Um, and we, we paid him interest and all those different things. So we did pay him back. But yeah, that was that was bad. <laughs> 
if I asked you to pick three people, so I'm going to put you on the spot a bit that, um, who have been instrumental in your business owner journey, the three people that you're most grateful for them being there and helping with your growth, who are the three people and how they help you? So, um, my mother-in-law is one. So my mother-in-law, she would buy us food. Uh, she would, um, you know, what help watch the kids. She would do what she would pay the utility bills. She would use her trusted credit card um, to to help us. <laughs> that was, um, you know, and and certainly we of course we had to pay her back. It was yeah. we we didn't get anything for free, but um, certainly that was a blessing all throughout our business, the early years of our business. My mother in law has been so such a blessing to us mm, um my i would say i learned a lot from my dad uh just in terms of um you know learning just growing up uh, as a daughter of an entrepreneur mm -hmm. one of the things that i learned is that you always have to adjust right you're never going to get to the point where you're just kind of sitting there and, and coasting like, okay, you know what? I've been in business for 20 years and I'm still doing the same thing that I've always done. You're not going to survive in business or <laughs> survive in business long, right? So um, I would say that influence has been really, really strong. So we're always innovating and trying to stay ahead of our competitors um, from that perspective. And, and then um, most importantly, not last, but most importantly, my husband, um, we have been, um, he, he helps out and he doesn't help out a, in like, you know, we have different working styles. I'll say that. Yeah. We'll, I'll, I'll start there. <laughs> so I, I believe in, in working, you know, I could work like 10, 12 hours a day. He works, you know, in spurts. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, but he, and he prefers to work on his telephone. I prefer on his cell phone. I prefer to work on a computer. Uh -huh. So I had to get used to that at first. But once we started working together um, on a consistent basis, uh, that's when we wind up hitting the multi, the million dollar mark, right? Mm -hmm. So we, our lifetime earnings were, you know, are, you know, a little over $10 million, but we wind up hitting the consistent mark for over a million in revenue um, in a year once he and I started working together consistently. So, um, but that that was a long journey. I think that was like <laughs> after like year, you know, 11 of the business or something like that. I mean, he didn't, <laughs> it's, we, it's, you know, we, it took a long time for me to get to that point. Yeah. It's interesting that I've noticed with many of our clients who are couples that the saying that opposites attract tends to be very true, not only in a in a relationship, but also in a business setting, because subconsciously we know that we need our opposite to complete us. But until we learn to appreciate that, it can be like, oh, that person's crazy. And then finally we are like, oh, yeah, no. Right. Together, we're actually better than than on our own. So that's fantastic that you guys have been able to find the way to work together and have the one plus one equal more than two. <laughs> Leah, as you think about the next three to five years, what's the biggest challenge that you see that you're going to face in reaching your goals and who are the types of people you're going to need to solve those? 
So um, the biggest challenge that we face is really external, right? So just dealing with the political environment and the elections and people who try to cause folks to think that diversity is actually divisive. Um, uh, so yeah, that that's the biggest challenge because a lot of companies have been cutting back on their DEI efforts. And I, I'm not gonna say it's all because of the external environment, the other piece is that within the DEI field, diversity, equity, and inclusion field, you also have a lot of people who jump into the field um, and they don't really have the skills or the knowledge and they are kind of making a mess themselves. Like they are causing people to think like, oh my goodness, maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> um, so so it's, it's kind of like re reworking the industry and helping people to helping companies to hire the right people so that they're not doing these awful things that that have bad results right so um yeah some of the stuff some of the the negative critiques about diversity is justified i'm not going to lie it's 150% justified so just trying to get those bad seeds out um the ones who who do you know, the, the race-based stuff and everything like that, but also helping companies just do business better. Um, and then for our growth, we see the future being and focusing on um, those, those high growth areas, such as um, the environment, looking at uh, the environmental, social, and governance issues. Um, this is really big in Europe. Uh, Europe has just passed um, legislation that requires organizations to um, look at their ESG efforts and develop sustainability plans. And of course, diversity and inclusion is a part of that. Um, we have quite a few multinational organizations that we work with and just helping them to be more intentional about their environmental efforts in a way that's balanced, right? So generationally, we found that older people are like, you know, you don't need to do anything about sustainability, you know, with the company. You're supposed to make money. Don't worry about sustainability, right? The younger people are like, if you don't do sustainability, <laughs> we're not going to buy anything or work there, right? So you have to kind of approach it from the balance. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then as more organizations are working with technology, um, trying to tackle algorithmic bias. So even if we did get rid of bias in all people, there's still going to be biases being programmed in computers and technology, right? And machines. So making it so that we can be real intentional about helping companies to, to develop and design uh, responsible um, systems and platforms and making it so that they are educated in terms of how to ensure that they're not programming bias or that bias isn't iterating in their systems. Yeah. So just a couple of small goals that you have for the company. <laughs> Nothing, nothing insurmountable or very challenging at all, right? <laughs> Last question, Leah. Jim Rohn, an awesome business guru, says that we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that quote, what advice do you have for business owners who, uh, you know, just getting started and have this perception that they have to figure it out on their own? 
Right. So um, you need to have those people around you who can give you the real perspective. I, I love what you're doing, um, Tim, because um, you're helping people to really see that you're not just going to start a business and it takes off. Right. And even if it does take off, you have a high opportunity for a high chance of failure if it takes off too fast because you're not going to be prepared for some of the challenges. And I think back about my own journey and how much I had to learn from, um, you know, trial and error. Um, and that that's why it does take so long for people to, to really grow their, their enterprises in a way that ultimately um, allows them to experience true success. But yeah, just being able to to learn from other people and take their advice seriously, um, because you sometimes don't take their advice seriously, and you kind of listen to friends and family who have never done business before. Yeah, they don't have the um, they don't have the frame of reference, or you know, they may be telling you, you or you may be around people who tell you like what you want to do is impossible, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, it's just making it so that you're being intentional. And, and, and now I kind of look back on my journey and the fact that I had to travel so much. Now I get to spend time with my kids and, um, really, you know, not miss any basketball games, not miss any, you know, important school events. And, and that is priceless. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm really, really blessed to be at the point where um, I, I do have, um, you know, just the ability to, to think back and help other entrepreneurs uh, who are thinking about starting their businesses. But, you know, it's just a, a very hard journey when you try to do it on your own. So you do need to have that support system. You do need to have coaches like you um, who can guide, you know, people as they're going through this process and and not necessarily try to go it alone because it's hard and you can get discouraged easily and and think that I'm the only person who's going through this, right? (laughs) I I am the only person who's having payroll issues or who the tax agencies are hounding or who, you know, I'm the only person who's going through this, right? So you're, you're not. And um, when you work with someone who is, um, you know, you you get that technical assistance, you can kind of keep it in perspective, right? And um, when you're working with, when you have friends that are entrepreneurs, you can, you can learn like, um, and that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. Because when we, when we say things like I'm the only person, the next thought that usually comes into our head is that must mean that I'm doing something wrong or I'm not good enough or I'm a failure. And, you know, all those self-limiting beliefs can, can destroy us. So yeah, you're right. Being able to, to hear that, oh, I'm not alone. And this is the a normal part of the business owner journey. Right. There's ups and downs and these other successful businesses are going through struggles too. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is just how it is. <laughs> right. I don't have to quit. You know, I don't have to, you know, and there was there when I first started my business, I would go through the times where I'm like, I'm going to look for a job, you know, because I got to pay yeah. these bills. Like I'm going to get a job. And it one, one time, you know, guy was just t- talking to me and he said, look, the time that you spend looking for a job 
it's a time that you could spend making money. And, right. and I heard one time on Shark Tank, uh, Mark Cuban said, when your back is up against the wall, sell. And I, I thought about that, like, okay, I just need to start selling, selling the kitchen sink, whatever I need to yeah. sell. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people uh, that have been part of your business owner journey. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? Thank you. Yeah, just thank you. So um, I, I do try to let everyone know that we appreciate them. Um, and certainly that is, um, you know, one of the, the big things for us, just making it so that you know, people know that we appreciate them um, and that we're we're grateful. Um, but yeah, this has been, it's a journey. I know that there's more ahead, but um, certainly uh, this has been a, um, a, I'll say a wonderful time of learning and growing and just developing. And sometimes even I look at how I'm developing as a business owner. And I look at some of the things that my kids go through as they're trying to navigate the world. Um, it is, you know, important that I keep everything in perspective, right? Because they're, they're also watching. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's one of the big things. And their friends are watching too. And, <laughs> and everyone else. <laughs> Leah, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall. Please help spread this movement by liking and subscribing to our show and following us on Facebook and LinkedIn or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. To join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Please pay it forward and be sure to tune in next time to the Self-Made is a Myth podcast.